Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Big Vets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, the Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is our college football bowl season best bets episode. I'm Stucky. Joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson. We'll also talk with a group of five guys, Mike and Mike, later in the show because we're each going to give our two favorite favorites and two favorite underdogs that we like to win outright to help you better prepare for your bowl pools or betting uh, as we get into the thick of bowl season this was a highly requested episode that we start to do uh, and i get it right we have part one that's out and we don't get to all the bowls and people need to fill up bowl pools get their bets in early so by the end of this episode you have eight favorites to consider and eight underdogs that we like to win outright i will say right off the bat that some we're going to give some you know what do you want to do when you fill out a bowl pool like a bowl conference but you want to give some big favorites that you're really confident for example south alabama Cal Brees is going to mention them later. Probably my most confident side, but you don't want to have all the biggest favorites as your as your most confident picks. It's not how you win a pool. So I'm going to go with a couple smaller favorites here, and I will kick things off. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern against Ohio. I think Georgia Southern, from everything that I've read, from the lack of opt outs, they will care. Team, you know, on a four game losing streak to end the season, but historically, those are teams you want to back during bowl season. Really, chance to reset here. Most importantly, though, this Ohio offense, I, you're going to be without Curtis Rourke. I think it's worth a touchdown. Their backup's already hurt. They're down to a third-string quarterback. They're without their top two backs, two of their top three receivers, one of their best defenders. This is a team that's supposed to be in the MAC championship. They're not. They really care about this bowl. Judging by the opt-outs, I'm not positive. Also, just how are they going to score? I know Georgia Southern's defense isn't great, but – this Ohio offense could look like a Mac version of Iowa. Georgia Southern's offense, very high floor. I just don't think Ohio can match it. And uh, give me Missouri. Uh, I just 
This is a team that wants to be here at the Cotton Bowl. All of the quotes. This is one of the most highly motivated teams going up against a team that I don't necessarily know really cares, judging by all the opt-outs they will have. I know Ohio State still has a lot of talent and they're third and fourth string guys, but judging by who's already opted out and who I think is going to opt out, this is a big mismatch. I think Missouri gets it done. Uh, you agree on Missouri, right? And where are you yeah. going? 100% on Missouri. They got one of the highest ratings in the bowl confidence piece. It'll be out on Action Network. Most of these teams have quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers hitting the portal that probably can't find homes. I'm telling you right now, Cody Schrader, Brady Cook, Luther Burden, they would absolutely have 20 teams trying to get them to come across immediately. Missouri is absolutely loaded, absolutely fired up. This is a monumental bowl game for Coach Drink and the program. I completely agree. I couldn't be more financially invested in any other team in bowl season than Missouri. Where are you going for your uh, two favorite favorites? Let's start off with New Mexico State. They are at home in Albuquerque in the New Mexico Bowl, a bowl that they wanted to be in last year before they got shipped up to Michigan to play in the Quick Lane Bowl. Now they're going to be hosting uh, a team that's on their last legs here, Fresno State. No depth at quarterback. Mikey Keene is there. If he stays healthy, that'll be okay for them. But they have no answer on defense whatsoever for Diego Pavia and the power run game that New Mexico State runs. Stifled a lot of teams, including Auburn, in their own building. Uh, this is the game that they wanted to play in. Jerry Kill is on a roll now. He won his first bowl game ever last year. But more importantly, Fresno State's coaching staff, they won't have Jeff Tedford due to medical reasons. They have an assistant in place here. Shouldn't be any change. They have a lot of losses to the portal. They struggled at the end of the year losing to New Mexico and San Diego State. It's a great situation for a bowl team in New Mexico State that's actually playing pretty close to home. So we'll start off with the Aggies here of New Mexico State. You're going to call them Ponzi scheme or what do you? <laughs> no, I'll allow it. I don't think Fresno wants to be here. Um, yeah. uh, and New Mexico state does a big motivational difference. So uh, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah. Next let's go to the barstool bowl. They got Wyoming and Toledo going up against each other. Unless it's Fresno state. That's a corpse. I'm trying to back mountain West teams here in the postseason. Wyoming playing in Craig bowls. Last game as a coach, a retirement bowl, for Craig Bull, a career that started in 1981 as a graduate assistant at the University of Nebraska. Wyoming was on fire their last two games in the Mountain West. They scored over 40 points. Andrew Peasley, everything on the ground, through the air. This whole team, I picked them 13-1 to to win the Mountain West. What they showed in the last few weeks is one of those reasons. Uh, not sure what the ceiling is on their offense, but... They are going into a good situation against a MAC team with Toledo that lost the conference championship game. And Daquan Fenn, the quarterback, is now in the portal. They have a little bit of experience, but if you're asking me to go against a backup quarterback at Toledo and Jason Candle in a bowl game, I'll take it all day. You're going to give me added motivation with Craig Bull in his retirement game. I love it. Good stuff there. I couldn't agree more. So we're on the same page so far. Let's get to our favorite two underdogs that we think are going to win outright for pool purposes. There are some games that are going to have a ton of variance, right? If you have just a ton of guys out on both sides, for example, we'll talk, we'll break this one down. There's still going to be more guys maybe to come Oregon state, Notre Dame. I, there's like 20 starters out Miami, Ohio, a lot of variance because they have a third string quarterback. I'm going with the red Hawks. They're my darling this year. They won the Mac for me. I bet them all year. They consistently covered because they do all the little things. They tackle, they don't give up explosive plays. They have the best special teams in the country. And this is a team that is down to the third string quarterback, which is where that variance comes from. So, but I like that for picking an underdog to win outright. I think they can win this game just by relying on the run. I guess a really bad app state day, punting it, making field goals. 
and relying on that elite defense, which I think could force Joey Aguilar as a bit of a gunslinger into some mistakes and key turnovers against a very disciplined and well-schooled Miami Ohio defense. So give me the Red Hawks with that excellent special teams and defense to get it done. One last time. I know Smith's out. Everyone else, every other starter is playing. And they said how excited they are to get the 12 wins for the first time since Ben Roethlisberger was there 20 years ago. And then my other one, I'm going to go with NC State. Kansas State is a shell. They have been absolutely decimated by the portal, by NFL declarations. This team is going to be decimated on both sides. They had high aspirations. I'm not really sure what's going on there. They're also their starting quarterback is going to be out. I like the future for A.J. Johnson, but I he's still not there as a passer, and you can't really run on NC State. NC State had some portal guys, but not as impactful. One of the hottest teams in the country that no one talked about down the stretch. Dave Dorn did a great job. Uh, I think, look, they wanted to get the 10 wins a couple years ago. Didn't get a chance to play in the bowl because UCLA just said, well, we don't want to play. Packed so, yeah. So, Dorn will have them fired up for this game. Give me the pack. You agree there, right? 100%. Wolfpack were the pick in the bowl confidence pool. I, I love the I love the money line ticket on that one. And then where are you going for your two favorite underdogs? Let's start down in the Texas Bowl. We're going to take Oklahoma State against Texas A&M. Where is Texas A&M right now? They're in transition between head coaches. They're going to have an interim, Elijah Robinson, who can't start his work at Syracuse as a defensive coordinator until he gets this bowl game out of the way. But more importantly, this is all about Mike Gundy. You love to bet on Mike Gundy in bowl games. 11-6 and six against the spread in his career as a head coach at Oklahoma State. He has motivation. Motivation in this game, why? Because he's playing a game from Texas, no, because they lost to Texas A&M in this very bowl back in 2019. Look for Mike Gundy to have his team completely fired up here behind the legs of Ollie Gordon II. They run a ton of uh, man-run blocking schemes. That is something that Texas A&M, which has a good run defense, but they have had troubles defending man-blocking schemes all year. I expect Oklahoma State to run wild on them while Texas A&M is fielding. They've got so many losses all over the roster. Jalen Henderson's the quarterback. It's just an interim game for them, and that defense is not going to be able to handle Ollie Gordon. So let's back Mike Gundy in the first one. I completely agree there. I think Oak State is the side in a great Gundy spot. And how about your second dog? Yeah, let's go up to the pinstripe bowl. I mean, this is an interesting connection. I mean, Greg Shiano is the one who gave Mario Cristobal his very first coaching position uh, over 20 years ago. But really, more importantly, this is about a disciplined football team in Rutgers that doesn't hurt themselves. They're 12th on offense and havoc allowed. They're seventh on defense and tackling. They just play fundamental football. They're not, <laughs> they're definitely not going to create a whole bunch of highlights you're going to see on sports or anything, but they don't beat themselves. And that's the most important thing when you're going up against a Miami team that consistently hurts themselves with havoc allowed. They don't have a quarterback. Tyler Van Dyke's already hit the portal. He's already on his way to Wisconsin. Uh, they are depleted all over this roster. And Mario Cristobal is not very good in bowls, two, four, and one against the spread. But that extends to Miami as a whole. They've won one bowl game in their last 11 trips. And if you look at the cold weather bowl games they've been to, they've absolutely been blown out. So give me Greg Schiano, who's five, one, and one against the spread in bowl games taking on his old Mario Cristobal, his old friend here, but Rutgers is going to get the win as a dog. I agree. I think they win an ugly one. I don't really Miami down to the third string quarterback. Do you think they really have interest? A bunch of Miami kids going up to the Yankees stadium to play Rutgers in late December. Not so short. Even if they do show up, you know, who can still mess it up. Mario Cristobal with <laughs> late game, awful and in game decisions. Uh, I completely agree with Rutgers there. All right. Good stuff. That's uh, our four favorite favorites and four, 
favorite underdogs. I think we're pretty much on the same page for most of them. But let's throw it to the group of five guys, Mike Calabrese, Mike Inell, to get their four favorite favorites and four favorite underdogs. Guys? Thanks, Duck. The G5 boys here to lay out our favorite favorites and our pesky underdogs that we think are going to help you win your confidence pool. Obviously, when you're putting together your favorites with the highest confidence point total, those 40-pointers, you got to hit them. It's a death knell to your chances when you go ahead and stub your toe in those spots. And it's not as simple as just picking the biggest favorites on the board. And then being a bit of a contrarian, whether you're putting 15, 20, 25 points on an underdog to win outright, that can be a real pivot point and really help you you know, springboard to a, a win in a confidence pool. So we're going to give you two each. Ionello is going to get us started with his favorite favorite. Yeah, I'm getting started with the biggest favor on the board. Sounds easy enough. Give me Oregon over Liberty. Look, Bo Nick says he's playing. And to me, that's good enough. I also think leadership, I think that increases the chance we could see, you know, Troy Franklin, Tez Johnson, Bucky Irving play as well. If they're in, this is an absolute blowout. Look, Liberty played the worst strength of schedule in the entire country, 133rd. Their offense is great. They rank third in the country in success rate, but their defense just so-so. They give up a ton of big plays. I expect this to be an Oregon track meet. And Oregon's second in the country in offensive success rate. They're also top 25 in defense. I think the Flames are totally outclassed here. I also like this compared to other ones because I think the difference is big enough that even if the top guys do opt out for Oregon, Oregon's backups are likely better than all Liberty starters. So I think they can win this game with Ty Thompson and whoever else they have left. So I think Oregon should be your highest confidence pick in all your pools. I think they blow them out here. Three things concern me with that pick real quick. It's a team that went from college football playoff, you know, play in game against Washington to now being outside of the playoff. Then you have the opt outs, which you already talked about. And I agree, though, when you get into the overall talent disparity, it's pretty significant in this game. But the third thing is that Liberty is the biggest underclass, you know, population in the country, I believe. They're like 49,000. I think they're going to send a lot of kids out there to watch this Fiesta Bowl game. So when they when this game gets turned on, I think like the Taco Bell student section is going to be electric. All that being said, there's a reason this is the biggest spread on the board. So I don't think that's a bad place to start. I just get like a little bit queasy making it my very top of the totem pole in terms of the confidence points. All right. I'm going to go with my favorite here. We're going to stick in G5 land. UTSA over Marshall. We get to see Dr. Frank Harris's farewell game, his seventh year in college. The defense also pretty serviceable for the Roadrunners, 33rd in success rate. Solid against the run. They only gave up 3.75 yards per carry, which was 36 nationally. But critically, Coach Trailer, he flirts. He's talking in the coaching carousel. He's, you know, going up and down, riding on those ponies, you know, winking at every Power 5 AD in the country. He stays. So he's back. I think that's absolutely key. Huff also stays for Marshall. But overall, I just look at UTSA. This is a team that went 7-1 and one in year one in the AAC. It wasn't as strong of a year in the AAC as it was last year, but they were a road win away from playing in the title game. Five turnovers sunk them against Tulane. But I think overall, this is a really solid team. I know they lose AAC Defensive Player of the Year, Trey Moore, in the portal. When we look at Marshall, like this is a team that like, the airs come out of the balloon. Cam Fancher, who in the preseason I called him Francer, I think – Transfer wise, he can only play in France. Like he's going to go play for the Sorbonne or something, the fighting croissants, because nobody's going to want this kid. Like he could not get it together. Cole Pennington's in. Their best offensive lineman's out, Trent Haller. Um, he's going to either play guard or center. Rasheen Ali, I mean, if I'm him, I'm either sitting out and going to pro or I'm transferred to a better program that actually has offensive linemen who can block. So when I look at this, I look at a UTSA team 
that had won seven in a row, was right in the mix, veteran leadership, continuity at the top against a Marshall team that started 4-0, nearly upsets NC State, and then the wheels totally fall off. They went 2-6 and six down the stretch, five of those losses by double digits. So I'm going to go with UTSA as my favorite. What do you think here? Yeah, for the for casual fans, you hear Cole Pennington for Marshall. Don't don't get too excited because he might be Chad Pennington's kid, but he does not have the accuracy of Pops. Three games this year, zero touchdowns, six interceptions. He is a walking turnover. So yeah, I love UTSA. I I like them as well. Uh, for my second pick, you're, you you argue with my first one. I know you're not going to argue with this one. Give me San Jose State against Coastal Carolina. No team enters bowl season hotter than the Spartans. As a wise man predicted weeks ago, they won six straight games to end the year. They should have been in the Mountain West Championship game, but got screwed over by a computer. Siobhan Cordero got really got going. We've had a love-hate relationship with him on this pod, but he finished the year with 13 touchdowns and one pick in his last six games. Kyrie Robinson, stud running back. He's averaging over 100 yards per game. And as of this recording, uh, tight end Dominic Mazzotti is really the only kind of big name in the portal, whereas Coastal Carolina is going to be without Grayson McCall, Jared Gaster, two top quarterbacks, running back C.J. Beasley's in the portal, wide receiver Jared Brown's in the portal. San Jose State's biggest week this all year is their run defense, and this is not Jamie Chadwell's Coastal Carolina run offense. They were 104th in rushing success rate. Now they won't have their starting running back, as I've said all year, Tim Beck's a clown. He doesn't know how to call an offense. This is just not the Chadwell offense. And the Coastal defense is terrible. So San Jose State should be able to move the ball on them all game. They're they're on fire right now. This game in Hawaii. Cordero's from Hawaii. We've seen him have success. He started his career there. He had success when they played. He torched them when they played Hawaii this year there. Going back to the homeland, give me San Jose State here. Yeah, longest road trip of bowl season for Coastal going all the way from Conway to Honolulu. I agree with you, 35 nothing when San Jose State played against you know Hawaii on the island. So there's familiarity in terms of the body clock situation, the travel, you know, the novelty of playing in Hawaii. I really love that and, pick. You're right. And you look at mo- for motivation, most teams like, you know, Boston College is like, we get to go on vacation. Like Coastal Carolina, they live on vacation. They live in Myrtle Beach. Like going to Hawaii is not like special for them. They basically live in... Eastern Hawaii. So it's not exactly like, a, oh, we're going to the beach. Like, you guys live on the beach. Uh, also, jokes on BC, they get to play at Fenway Park. So they yeah. get to go on vacation, you know, uh, <laughs> take the, the tea, you know, down a couple blocks. All right. My last one for the favorite favorites. We're going South Alabama over Eastern Michigan. Weird year for the Jags. They crush Oklahoma State on the road. They nearly upset James Madison on the road, losing by eight. Then they get bodied by Louisiana. They give Troy a pretty good game, but then they gave up 52 points to Texas State. But at least in terms of what I know, whether it's Carter Bradley or Trotter at quarterback, I like that. Webb is declared for the draft at running back. He may play. I doubt it. And then Lacey's in the portal. But overall, this is still a team that was really, really good last year, had high expectations, had some high highs this year. Against Eastern Michigan, I'm not going to bury the lead any further. This is the worst bowl team. Eastern Michigan ranks outside the top 100 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. And let's go through their resume here for their six wins. Howard, UMass, Ball State, Kent State, Akron, Buffalo. Unbelievable that this is allowed to stand as bowl eligibility where Army goes six and six and they're not in. Just, you know, crime against humanity there. Udengwu the third is in at quarterback. He's a run first guy, very inaccurate as a passer. Their offense finished 119th in success rate, 125th in explosives generated. 
This team is no good. They are not upsetting South Alabama, one of the biggest favorites on the board, for a reason. Particularly in a confidence situation, I don't have to lay the points. They're absolutely winning this game, so I'm building my whole card around them. Yeah, I started laughing when you were like listing off South Alabama players. I was like, who cares? Just your whole argument should have been Eastern Michigan is horrific. They're just they're a terrible MAC team. I don't even know why they're them being a bit of a bowl game is outrageous. Yeah, I love that. Right, we're gonna go a little bit faster here for the upsets. I'm gonna get it started here first. I like Air Force to upset James Madison. James Madison is a team that we love the entire year, but the, to me, the season's over. There was a chance at the perfect year. They lose in an overtime thriller against App State. Then their head coach, Signetti, off to Indiana. He takes his OC, DC, and quarterback coach. He got five starters and three more contributors in the portal. They said they're going to play. Are they really going to play if another school comes in and says, okay, you're on scholarship, come start practicing with us, or at least, you know, you know, move your stuff like it's time to go. I think some of those kids are not going to play. I understand that McLeod said that he's a go. We'll see if that's going to make a difference because his offensive line has simply just not been as good since Tyshawn Wyatt got hurt in week nine, their left tackle. Meanwhile, Air Force is getting healthy. Zach Larrier is potentially back. Same with Dane Kinneman and Jared Rosnos on the perimeter. That's a big bump for their passing game. Remember, this team started 8-0. So there's proof that when they're healthy, they can put it all together. But like I, I always like to say, I'm not going to bury the lead anymore here. Service Academies, straight up in bowl games since 2003. 20 and 13, 23 and 10 against the spread. And Calhoun always gets his boys up for the bowl games. He's one of the very best coaches in the postseason in all of college football. So I'll go with the Air Force here. Fly, fight, win. Yeah, I hate it. But I also wish Jamie was playing any other team. So for my underdog, small one, I'm going with Arkansas State against Northern Illinois. Look, the Sun Belt was such a good conference this year. 12 of their 14 teams reaching a bowl. So I'm looking to target a lot of Fun Belt teams this year. Arkansas State was just a lot better than anybody thought this year. When freshman Jalen Rayner took over at quarterback uh, after like three games, you know, the offense wasn't super consistent, but it was really explosive, top 20th in the country. Northern Illinois has no passing attack. Their best receivers in the portal. Basically, everyone else on their receiving core is hurt. So I don't know how they throw the ball at all. And their defense can't stop the run. Their offense is super one-dimensional. So I just don't think they're very good. And in a conference I thought was pretty bad this year, I think the Red Wolves are a better team, so I think they get the win. A little short dog there. Give me Arkansas State. I'm going to finish this up with Georgia Tech going against UCF. This is a Malzahn fade job, plain and simple. He's 2-5 and five as a bowl favorite against the spread. I think he's going to lose this one outright. You got two defensive starters in the portal for Georgia Tech, a starting corner in the portal for UCF, and Jira Wilson at safety may also be out. But really, I'm just, you know, rolling the dice on a high variance team. Georgia Tech is maybe the prototypical high variance team in all of college football. They lose by 11 to Bowling Green. Then they upset Miami on the road. They upset North Carolina at home. Then they lose to Clemson by 21. Then they only lose to Georgia by eight. So they're up and down. They're up and down. But at least I know their core, their young core, that's either freshmen or sophomores. Haynes King at quarterback. Eric Singleton Jr. at wide and Jamal Haynes at running back. I trust this core to get it done. And I just think this has kind of been a weird transitional year. They've had some quarterback injuries for UCF. They just never were able to get momentum. Whereas Georgia Tech, it's weird to say, but it's 6-6, and a program that's been floundering for years. I think they have momentum. So I'll go with the ramble and wreck from Georgia Tech. Yeah, don't hate it at all. Uh, For my last pick, I'm going with Cal against Texas Tech. You know, my approach to bowl season is to kind of try to target teams that outperform the expectations against teams that underperformed. And that's kind of what you have here. Cal went six and six with a win total of five. Where Texas Tech went six and six with a win total of seven and a half. So those six and sixes look different. Everyone was picking Texas Tech as their like trendy sleeper pick. 
thought they were pretty bad for most of the year. Their passing game was terrible. Tyler Shuck got hurt because, of course, he did. Uh, Morgan had just 12 touchdowns and seven picks. He really wasn't that good. Now their top two receivers are in the portal. So they ran the ball really well with Taj Brooks, but that's really the only thing they do well. I'm not sure if he's into the job. I think I saw something. He's planning to come back. So I'm sure, you know, they'll have him at least. But Cal's run defense is better than their pass defense. And like I said, the Texas Tech pass offense doesn't really scare me that much. Cal also wants to rely on their run game with Jaden Ott, who's a stud. Freshman uh, Fernando Mendoza, he took over halfway through the year and he got a lot better as the season went on. So I'm kind of riding that momentum with him. Cal won their final three games to reach bowl eligibility. Like I said, Mendoza looked better. So I think they just come into this game in a better spot than Texas Tech does. So give me the Bears to get the upset over Texas Tech. I love that one. Wilcox saved his job. He was at three and six. He was going to get cans. They win out. Mendoza has been a huge, you know, lifesaver for them coming in and giving them consistent quarterback play. So I agree for a Texas Tech team that just like I was saying, you know, teams can look dysfunctional and fail to get momentum. They were supposed to be a big 12 dark horse and they were the opposite this year. So I think it's a big letdown for them. Whereas Cal, this is a game they absolutely can get up for. All right, we're going to kick it back to Stuck and Colin. But first, I'd like to say, Stucky, our job would be impossible without your transfer portal opt-out tracker. One of the best things that's ever been put together at the Action Network. So please, if you're listening out there on YouTube or on the podcast, you got to check this out. It gets updated daily. You can check out everything that's happening before kickoff because player availability is always up in the air. So, Stuck, thank you so much. Back to you. All right. Thanks, as always, to Mike and Mike. And if you haven't checked out the Group of Five bowl betting preview, make sure you do that. They always do a tremendous job. By the time you're listening to this, if you listen to this early, we might already have part one out and then part two, three, and four are coming and then we'll have our national championship preview. Lots more bowl content to come, but hope you enjoyed this episode, giving you eight favorites and eight underdogs to consider ahead of time for betting or pool purposes. Thanks, Colin, as always, for joining me. Thanks to Mike and Mike. Thanks to our producers on the back end. Thanks most importantly to all of you. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Leave a five-star review. They really help us out. We'll do a bunch of giveaways during bowl season, so say whatever. Just leave a five-star review. Appreciate all of your support. It's time for us to go diving back into the portal and try to find some more bowl winners. Make sure you also download the award-winning Action Ever Cap. But thanks again for tuning in. Good luck on all of your wagers and in all of your pools, and we'll catch you all later. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.